0: This is the MLW Radio Network.
1: Front Row Material presents the False Finish. Welcome in, Mikey
0: Whipwreck, and your host, Mike Freeland.
1: Well, I tell you what. Let, let, let me uh, let me first uh, formally say hello to you, Mister Mikey Whipreck. How are you, sir? Uh. Still fat. I just don't know how fat. I have not weighed myself since we spoke last. Well, that's fine. You don't have to weigh yourself all the time. But outside of that, how how else are you? Are you doing well? Uh, my back is fucked. Yeah.
0: I get this these dissipation on this nerve again. So it's just, again, I can stand up. No problem. Okay. Which you, you think would be a problem. Correct. But, but if I sit down or if I lay down, the pain, it goes into my ass and then it goes down into my, the outside of my knee. Oh, Jesus. On the left side. And then it goes into my calf where it's really, like, really,
1: it's really fucked up. That seems miserable. It sucks. Once again, to all aspiring pro wrestlers, guys. Oh, all fake. Oh, fake. Guys, just wow. Think about this. If this is really what you want your occupation to be, I'm not trying to tell you not to do it. I'm just Telling you be aware of what's down the line for you, but yeah, uh, there's there's some things. There are some things you might not be thinking about currently, right now. You know, it was interesting, Mikey. Um, I had started watching on YouTube, and I don't know if you. Oh, had let's seen not
0: go to YouTube. That's like my downfall. That's going down the fucking rabbit hole.
1: YouTube, why? Right, because with you and YouTube, one that, topic you goes to another. You know, and-
0: Wikipedia will turn out. Oh, look at that! I remember that. And I'll take it to YouTube, <laughs> and then fuck. Iron Mike Sharp for six hours.
1: Good. Oh, my. Somebody asked me. They said if you could only watch one wrestler for the rest of your life wrestling in matches. And I, I said, I said, Iron Mike Sharp just as a ha. And a bunch of people were like, what? I wouldn't have guessed that. But he wasn't bad. My, Iron Mike Sharp was not bad. And, and not Iron bad. Mike Sharp was not a jobber either. He was uh, He was on the roster because you and I were watching those outtakes last week. You and I, after the show was recorded, we, we, yeah. we were just hanging yeah. out and he was there. So jobbers wouldn't have been there.
0: He is uh,
1: like a C-Town guy.
0: Yeah, maybe. Well, no, because he'd work the garden. He'd work opening matches and stuff at the garden. So he wasn't a mid-card guy. Right. He was a, a curtain jerker. But on hey. Saturday morning, he was a job guy. But I mean, but in the 80s, I mean, you're working all those house shows. I mean, you're making money.
1: This guy you know right know now I mean? so, had, a, had a good career in the WWF, and people did. know who his name is. So, guess what? I think he did pretty well for himself. And I'm pissed off. I got to tell you, I'm pissed off. You're mad. Why, 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 why are you mad? Well, because the Iron Sheik, when he went off
0: with his rant, you know the rant, Brian Blair. <laughs> How can we forget? how he says he, he put him in the camel clutch
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he wanted to break his back and make him humble. Yes, break his back and make him humble. And, and-, he, and he said that he was lucky, punk, that Hacksaw Jim Duggan came and saved him, right? Mm-hmm. Well, as it turns out, the Iron Sheik did not have B. Brian Blair in the camel clutch at WrestleMania 3. He had Jim Brunzel in the camel clutch. At WrestleMania 3. So that just totally fucked up my... Uh, so, that, see, that turned into me looking at this... Because I was watching the network. Yeah. And I was watching primetime wrestling right around when uh, WrestleMania 3 happened. Right. And, and it ended. And then, which reminded me then of the art Sheik, B. Brian Blair. So I went to the network and I watched it. Well, yeah, son of a bitch. <laughs> he gave
1: uh, Jump a Jim,
0: Mister Jim Brunzella from Minnesota.
1: He uh, gave him the the camel clutch, and not Brian Blair. So, w- do you think he just got confused? It was a situation of. I'm thinking
0: just- that maybe Brian Blair has no idea why Iron Sheik is mad at him. When Iron Sheik was not mad at him at all, Where Jack, right. in fact, maybe he did not have respect for his partner from Minnesota. Jim Bromtella, <laughs> they may be a little backwards.
1: Listen to this. I think I think you figured it out, Columbo. I think you figured <laughs> out the Chicky biggest maybe is confusing. Brie Byron
0: Blair and Jim. It must have been the tights.
1: Had to been man. Th- those those uh, curly toed boots, man. That's uh, that's something's going on there. Somebody better call Doctor Scholes. You know, it's just. But then I tried it in my head.
0: The Shiki baby, and it just when he when he goes Brian Blair <laughs> doesn't have the same form. he goes Jim Brunzella, just not the same.
1: Not the same. It's just not. Wow, guys, this is the false finish if we haven't said it before. But at this point, you already know what it is. Yeah, we are she- here. It is Wednesday. Hope your uh, Monday and Tuesday has gone well so far. Hope you guys had a good uh, holiday weekend, Mikey and okay, I. Day labor day unofficially, you, you, unofficially over do you do you think i don't know this might kind of sound stupid but on if day
0: 337 of 15 days to slow the spread
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you think it would be cool if a woman went into labor on labor day i'm sure it's happened millions of billions of times i'm sure it has i don't know i don't know if anybody be like well that's kind of cool i went into labor on Labor Day, even though the two terms of labor mean two totally different things. But anyway, right. That's just the beginning uh, of her career. Th- that's right. That's right. And that baby would have humbled her um, labor of love. Oh, I like getting it. to that point was very laborious. That's <laughs> <laughs> very nice. I like that. Indeed. Very good. Dr. Whipper will be in the house up here. Um, let me ask you this: Did you see any of the uh, AEW pay per view
0: this I saw past some weekend?
1: Of it. You saw some of it. I'm not going to say oh. if it was legal or not, but that's what some of it. <laughs> so overall, Jerry. overall, what was your uh, what was your take on the uh, whole thing?
0: It was okay. You know, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't one of those. Oh my god, did you fucking see that? Right. You know, it was okay. You know, n- nothing was overly insulting. Uh, you know, de- depending on. What your take on their product is overall? So, if you're a fan of their product, um, you know it was good. I'd give Any- it a thumbs, a slight thumbs up.
1: Okay, okay. Was there anything that stood out to you more so than others that you enjoyed?
0: Um, I enjoyed uh, Thunder Rosa. Her match was was very good. Very good match. Kenny Omega, for you as you know,
1: unbelievable. Well, I mean, that goes without saying.
0: That should have closed the show. Should have.
1: Um, yeah, and then, of course, the two botches of the night, the mats, with uh, Mr. Seidel. Oh, my God. I thought when I saw Matt Seidel, and for all of you who haven't uh, seen this, the fuck out of me. they had the uh, they had a 21-man battle royale. <laughs> um, Royale with cheese. I was just about to say that. Royale with cheese. And uh, Matt Seidel came in, made a big appearance, and went to the top rope early on, and went to do a shooting. Was it a shooting star press? Yeah. And uh, oh, oh, that uh, that that almost got tragic pretty quickly. But um,
0: yeah, I don't know why we're doing shooting star presses and battle royals these days, but you know, man, yeah. he, he slipped. So he luckily, slipped. Look, luckily, he slipped enough where he wasn't upside down. Right. He slipped enough before he got that upward momentum.
1: And he kind of just fell, kind of scarily backwards. How, how long will that follow him? As far as I mean, do you think he'll continue to get ribbed about that? Do you think amongst the guys, or do you think, eh, we've all had that moment happen? Yeah, I don't think the guys are ribbing him at all. Yeah, you know, if he
0: ran and fell running to the ring
1: <clears throat> in, the, and in when, the greatest battle royal <clears throat> and went under the ring, yeah, now that's yeah, that's yeah, totally different,
0: that obviously. But something like this. You know, where it's it's dangerous. I mean, it, right. it, it could have been dangerous from sliding under the ring as well. That could have been dangerous. True. But less obvious dangerous than trying to do a backflip and slipping as you do.
1: Have you ever seen on YouTube before when they show like, um, I don't want to say not so experienced wrestlers trying to do moves off the top rope and, and it goes horribly wrong? Have you ever seen yeah. those compilations? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's painful, dude. That's mm-hmm. painful. Yep. Wow. But the other, uh, the the other Matt situation that, oh. that probably has taken more headlines that is might, the head the the Matt Hardy situation, and the Matt Hardy situation. As I saw it unfolding, I thought, okay, where do you go from here? It's it's a very bad situation. Um, so once again, just to kind of give you a little background idea here, it was a match between Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy, and it was in a broken rules match, which basically means anything can go. Anything happens, no disqualifications, nothing. Right. They were back and uh, backstage at the arena. Um, well, here it at is the here. arena.
0: Let's see if we can watch this.
1: So let's take a look at the clip. We're not, but we'll just sit here. We'll just kind of hang out. No, that's cool. Uh, so So basically what was happening here is – they went backstage, and, and you're, we're very familiar with this because we've seen a lot of situations spill into the back of the amphitheater that go into the uh, football stadium. And they get on a scissor lift. And I don't know whose idea this was, to get on a scissor lift, because to me, kind of sounds I mean, a little risky.
0: Here's the thing. Okay, this is a lift. They're not going to tip it over, obviously. Correct. I mean, so, okay. It is, it is. I just, just looking at it and going up and going, that's too close to the table. Correct. Like, I didn't know what they were going to do, obviously, but I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe he's going to punch him. He's going to, he's going to do like the key she did off the hell in the cell.
1: Yeah. And just fall so straight I'm, back.
0: Like, okay. Well, maybe. Okay.
1: Right. But yeah, that, um, didn't exactly happen that way. And I wondered the same thing from the trajectory standpoint. Let's say if you hit somebody or you shove somebody, you, you got to factor in that momentum. That's going to fly them out a little bit.
0: Yeah. And they were about uh, four feet <laughs> uh, too close Yeah, to that. So yeah, it was, it was not good, obviously.
1: And they were supposed to, there was two tables that were set up and they were supposed to crash through the tables. However, as you see here on the clip here, Matt's upper shoulders, neck and head did not even touch the table and they slam onto the concrete. And I got to tell you, that was one of the creepiest things I had ever seen because he overshot it a little bit. Oh my God. That was scary. Like he didn't move for what was it like 30 seconds or something like that. Well, and I then wouldn't he, have
0: fucking moved either.
1: He tried to get up and he was like drunk he just like his legs wouldn't work and wow and here's here of course now hindsight being 2020 obviously
0: you know but you kind of the referee uh, probably should have called it you know what I mean she probably could have called it, she should have called the match you know if, if if she's talking to him like she went right to him. Correct. You know what I mean, and you could tell if someone's fucking not silly or not. I mean, you just, I mean, you just know. She should have called the match and said that's the end of it. Well, she you know did I mean?
1: throw. She did throw up the X.
0: But she should have ended the match. She should have talked to him right there, thrown the X, talked to him a little bit, right. and called for the match. That should have been the end of it. You know what I mean? Now, and and again, I agree. now she she is relatively new in a high profile situation like this, and I'm sure Matt was saying he's fine. Right, because that's that's what the old school guys do. I'm fine, and maybe some of the new, new newer school people will have the same mentality. No, mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But you have to knowing what we know about concussions, and knowing that Matt probably in all of his matches he's had has probably had a few himself already. Um, th- they should have called the match. They they should have stopped the match, you know, you know, and they could have used it as. You know, Sammy took out Matt Hardy. They they could have used it. They could have made something out of it. You know what I mean? Where it was planned or not planned? I mean, nobody really would have to know, right? You know, but they could have gotten away with it. But again, hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, right. I'd right. like to say I'd make the right decision in that moment, but who knows? You know, you have a, a newer referee. Matt is there. He's talking. He's saying he's fine. He's good. I don't even know what he said. So, you know what I mean? You have this this guy who's in the business of, of a major star for, for over 20 years. And you have a, a newer referee. You know. Yeah, 2020 20, 20 hindsight, obviously. I'm stopping that
1: match. Matt can be mad all he wants. Too bad. You Why? Know? Well, believe- in the heat the moment, who knows? Right. I mean, you, you bring up a lot of valid points. And I do believe uh, Tony Khan, who does these um, – after show press conferences, which I think is a very interesting thing. It's kind of like a, a UFC feel to it, if you know what I mean. He, yep. He'll come out, he'll address the media, he'll address things that have happened, et cetera, et cetera. He'll take questions. Well, he ended up taking a lot of responsibility for what had happened and said that it was his call. Um, and, and, and I think with any leader, they're going to shoulder the responsibility. Right. Um, and and I, I respect Tony for doing that. He basically said that uh, the doctor, Doc Sampson, um, checked Matt out and he passed concussion protocol, and therefore he was able to continue. Here's my question, and and I'm no neurological person whatsoever, but is it just me, or does it seem like that concussion protocol checking out process happened very fast from the time the event had happened to the time Sammy was killing time, and I give him a lot of credit for what he did there, too. He did a good job on that. Um, Yeah. But I mean, how much, how well can you evaluate somebody in what felt like it was no more than just what, two or three minutes? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, you know, it
0: seemed really fast to me, Um, but again, I, I, we weren't there. So who really, who really knows? Right. And I guess technically the the buck does stop with Tony Khan. So if, if he made the decision to let it keep going, if, if the doctor said he was fine and Matt said he was fine and. Then Tony, you know, went off that. Then, you know, like I said, it's one of those things, Mike, you know, you look back, you know what the right call is now, obviously. Sure. But again,
1: in the heat of the moment. It's a different situation. Right. I mean, these guys are performers and they've done this, like you said before, and even tying this back to what you guys did in ECW, you know, the mentality was the show goes on. As long as I can get to my feet, we're going to keep going because. That's the way you do business. Um, Do you think some of these moments can be learning moments, meaning, you know, other promotions or companies who saw the event or other wrestlers when they go to their training school the following week can say, hey, um, some of these spots that we're doing just don't seem to be worth it where we shouldn't be putting ourselves in these types of situations that could lead us to getting some of these things?
0: Yeah, but they've set a precedence. Right. So in, in a way, you have to give the WWE credit because when they do shit like this now, I mean, they put crash pads fucking everywhere. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, they're blowing up crash plans. You know, when Shane McMahon did that thing at, at WrestleMania. Right. With Taker. I mean, they had, they had one of those blow up crash pads. You know what I mean? So while, yeah, okay, maybe they didn't hide it as well as they could have, and you kind of saw some of it. You know, it, you, you gotta give them credit there where they're they're trying, at least. You know, but then part of me says, Well, if you're going this far to protect somebody, should you be doing it at all?
1: Yeah, that's was my exact next comment I was gonna make.
0: But this is but Mike, again, this is the mentality right from the guys from the nineties
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the early two thousands, right, where the stunts got more and more spectacular you know and this unfortunately at some point there's going to be an accident you know luckily we haven't had one uh, any major issue major accidents you know on TV I mean the guy's been for the most part pretty taken well care of um but these things are going to happen do you, do you my think thing, my, thing, my thing is as soon as I saw the tables and I saw the the fork the the forklift or the the scissor lift. I knew those tables were too close. Right. Like, how did nobody see this? You know, but who knows? Maybe Matt goes, oh, that's good right there. You know, did someone maybe move the scissor lift between, them? okay, that's good here, and somebody maybe move it?
1: That's a good point, too. What could have happened I between I
0: don't, I don't know. Like I said, it's, it, it's not fair to look back and say, well, this, this, and this, you know, and without knowing all the details. Right. You know, you, you really can't judge.
1: It's pure speculation. It, it,
0: it's one of those things. They, they try something, and it didn't go as, Smoothly as planned, obviously, and somebody got hurt.
1: Do you put a lot of, I mean, I don't know. Do do you feel like the fans in a lot of ways almost put pressure, like a peer pressure that that kids do to each other on the performers because whatever happened the last time, all that got a huge reaction from the audience. And now I want to do something that is going to get even a bigger reaction. Do you think the fans almost feed too much into this, Situation where uh, at what point is is not just enjoying wrestling now? That's, the, that's that's the boys' fault. You think they should be the ones who say Mm-mm, no more? Yeah, yeah. Because when it comes down to it, they're the ones escalating things,
0: right? Right. Yeah, the fans are going to eat it up if they're doing it, and the fans are going to want to see it, right? But it's up to the boys and ladies to. Bring it down a few notches. right? And this is something that Shane Douglas did with, with ECW. It got to the point in ECW where everybody's doing chairs, everybody's doing tables. It was just, you know, opening match. You know, everything was crazy. You know what I mean? So Shane Douglas, at, during one of the arena shows, nobody could use a chair or a table until whatever match. And I think it was my match. I did an angle with Paul Laurier where he smacked the chair against my head against the ring post. But they hadn't seen it. First match, nothing. Second match, nothing. Third match, nothing. And then finally they got it. They went fucking batshit crazy when they got it. Right. So you they we made them kind of appreciate a little bit. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Now you got it. But it's up to the, the performers now to take a step back and, and bring things down to where they feel comfortable. And yeah, the first couple of times, okay, people are not going to be happy eventually they'll just get over it they'll like forget and they won't think anything of it and they'll have established a new style and a, a new a new era of what is okay and what isn't and what right. what can be expected and what can't because really if you think about going back cactus did that dive off the cage right has any hell in the cell since then lived up to that no no they've tried but it just doesn't okay so you they should have taken hell in the cell and did away with it for a while You know what I mean? Done something else, and then when you have a Hell in the Cell match again, you've you've changed the expectations on certain things and your product overall. So if they didn't get that big dive or something off the cage, then they're not going to do anything of it. You You almost need to let go. I wonder. I wonder if you know. But it's not something they see all the time, right? You know, but
1: you almost have to let that mystique wear off a little bit so you can bring it back and appreciate it for what it is. I mean, but isn't that the same thing with that you would say, you know, back in the territory days, you know, wrestlers would spend six, eight weeks in one territory. Then their gimmick would, their, their shtick would get old and they need to move on yeah. again. And then by the time they come back again, you know, six months later, it's what's old is brand new again.
0: Right. And that's some of the thing now with guys saying they're bored of people is yes because you've seen them for years. Right. There's no off season. There's no, you know, you go away for a couple weeks. And by a couple weeks, I mean like two months, you know, go away and then come back. But they're seeing the same people all the time, every week. And that only worked with certain people like Jerry Lawler was in Memphis forever. Okay. Jerry Lawler was your guy. He was always there. Right. This guy was always there. But for the most part, your undercard was always in and
1: out. Mixing it up, moving around. And they're not getting that now. It's the same thing all the time, over and over and over. Well, we're kind of going on that, that same thought process, we saw, obviously, uh, Shida, who is the, uh, the the champion for AEW, taking on Thunder Rosa, who's the champion for NWA. Do you right. think that is a good, healthy way for both promotions to stay fresh by deciding to work together To mix things up a little bit, maybe send some AEW guys over there for a while, see what happens. Send some NWA guys around, or do you think that that has to be very carefully done? You have to be careful because you can't just
0: get well. It's no fucking different than it is now. Nobody getting a clean finish on anything, so you got to be careful. You know, AEW obviously does not want their people to be losing to NWA people. And obviously the NWA people don't want their people losing all the time to AEW people. So you have to be careful. Right. You know, but both products at this point are fresh enough
1: mm-hmm. where
0: they're not, they're not in need of this crossover stuff. Okay. You know I mean AEW and NWA, they have plenty of time. They have plenty of inner, inner, inner promotional matchups they can do yet that they have not done. So there's time. Normally, when you get to that point where you're bringing other people in, it's you've kind of gotten to the point now where, okay, well, this guy's wrestled this guy 8,000 times already, and this guy's wrestled this guy 8,000 times already, and now people are bored. Right. You know what I mean? Like already, we've with Keith Lee and Randy Orton, okay, we're getting them again already three times in like two weeks already. All right, well, and I'm sure there'll be another one. So it's all right. going to the well so many times already. It's like, okay, well, we're bored of this now too.
1: We talked about this, you and I talked about this, about how in the 80s and the 90s that, and I didn't necessarily see this in ECW with too many, then now they did it with a few storylines where it would play out. Like, for example, Sting and Hogan, they drew that thing out over, what, a year and a half's worth of time? Do you feel like there's any angles that you remember that were drawn out over a long portion of time that actually did have a good payoff at the end? I mean, I'm sure there's there's some we can name off the top of our head, maybe five. So the Mega Powers Explode Maybe even the best one to go with. Um, yeah. But with ECW, which one would you say? Would you say the Tommy Raven one was probably the one that was – the most amount of time was put into building that thing up for a big payoff?
0: Yeah. I would say that's probably the one. The other one they had too was Taz and Savu. I mean, that was like a year. They didn't touch – was it a year maybe? I think it was it a, was it a year at that point? I think it was Taz and Sabu also, where they Sabu came back and him and Sab, and Taz was after him like crazy. and they didn't touch forever. And so they finally got the payoff.
1: so there's definitely a difference, we're saying, between a long buildup to a big payoff where, these two guys are interconnected through this whole process instead of right. just match, 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 match of the same two people, correct? Right. Like, Sting wasn't doing
0: anything. Sting was in the rafters. And right. And he, he would descend. You know. So Hogan was doing other things, too. He was. You know, it was not just Hogan Sting the whole for a year and a half. You know what I mean? Right. And same with, same with the mega powers thing. I mean, that kind of started when, when Randy won the belt a little bit. Very slight. But that's when it started, you know. Randy did his thing with DiBiase, and the, the people in the house show. and Hogan was gone for a while, and you know, and then he came back, and they did the whole thing. So it was, you know, it was, it was different. They had people; it was there, but it was in the background, right? And they kind of do little subtle things here and there, or with the Hogan Sting thing. Again, he was there, floating in the rafters, and he'd come down usually at the end of the show to get involved. But Hogan was doing other stuff. While, while they were going into it.
1: So it was almost kind of like background music happening. And then all of a sudden, at some point, someone turned the volume up louder and then it's showtime. Right. right. Nice.
0: Which just slow build stuff. I, I
1: enjoyed stuff like that. When they could take their time with stories and let them develop and play out. Well, oh, let me ask you this. Do you feel like when you watch wrestling, do you feel like they do take the appropriate amount of time? Or do you feel like no, everything is super, super rushed
0: a lot of it's rushed.
1: Now, why would you it, say it's rushed? Because
0: they're in a hurry. They're in a hurry to get to it.
1: Oh, we got this. We got to do it. We got to do it. We got
0: to do it. I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand. If, if your storytelling is right, you don't need to rush. Right. You know, they did the thing with The Rock and and John Cena. They made the challenge a year out. They did. So they they set it up and they let it go.
1: Right. Until
0: Mania time came then you kind of built it up some more. Yes. You know what I mean? So that, w- that was you know, nice they planned ahead that far. I, I don't, guess I don't I, know if they a period of guys getting hurt and not being a payoff or – I don't know. They, they have a lot of knee-jerk reactions to things.
1: To me, I feel like in some ways – and I'm not saying this because I'm a homer whatsoever for, for AEW. However, what I will say is one angle that I thought was done really well – was the breakup of Adam Page, Kenny Omega, ending them as far as being part of the elite, teasing the concept of Kenny going back to being the cleaner. All of these things, when Cody would show the four fingers, he did that way before the pandemic started. And then all of a sudden, things you start to see things start to come to fruition. You see little pieces of this puzzle being dropped. Not every week, maybe it's every couple of weeks. The problem I have when I watch some WWE programming is I don't feel like I have that. I don't feel like six months ago I could hit the DVR and I could see puzzle pieces being dropped leading up to the the completion of the puzzle. Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah. A good part of it. Yep.
1: And I, I just, and the reason why I said earlier on, is it because of the fans pressure to need this instant gratification, meaning oh we need, we need to put these two guys together or, we need to see this person fall off of a whatever. I just wonder how much of it is cowtailing to the demands of what the audience wants versus what is actually good storytelling and what's, gonna, what's going to pay off better in the long run. Like, I guess that's two different schools of thought. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, but you have to – a lot of the guys want to do these things these, you know, fantastic spots. You know what I mean? Because it gets a good reaction. Right. You know, so it's just something that, you know, since the 90s now, this is what we've done. You know, that's kind of been like a go-to. Let's, let's do something really spectacular. Whereas now I think a lot of the style, a lot of the guys that are getting over and on top can have these exciting matches without that.
1: Do you think in some ways some of these guys do these exciting moments or spots or whatever you want to call them because they want people to look back on their career and be able to be like, oh, yeah, I remember him for X, Y, and Z. Do you think that that's what in some ways what they're trying to do is they're trying to leave some indelible mark on the business?
0: Ah, uh, maybe. See, for me, what I was doing it at the end, I did it because I couldn't compete with the style out there now. Right. So, so I. you did. had to get creative. You had to get uh, yes, yes, I had to do stuff that I probably shouldn't have done to get a reaction because I could not compete with the undercard or other people on the card, the younger kids doing the shit that's fucking phenomenal.
1: So it was like a crutch. So once again, just like anything. Everything in moderation. I think that's that's basically what life boils down to. Everything in moderation because if you overdo something, Correct. people are numb to it. Drink in moderation as well, friends. My goodness. And if you are going to have a few drinks, make sure you call an Uber or you have someone uh, drive you. That's right. That's our public service announcement for that. So mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll, we'll come back around and we'll, we'll talk more later on about some of these things. But if you guys have thoughts or comments about… You know, just the dangers of what's going into wrestling. Do you like some of these high spots? I mean, take a look at a guy like Joey Janela, who he took a huge bump off the top of a roof, and I forget what the what the situation was, but it was bad. Like he fell into like the 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 bed of a truck, and I'm just like I, I look at it and I go, interesting. Like it takes balls to do it. There's no doubt about it. You would never get me to do it. But what's what's the reason behind it? Are you just a thrill junkie in some ways? And you say, hey, you know what? This is what I want. But keep in mind, there Could is a, a backside to all of this. Yeah. Um, I can't say anything because it needs to be did all this fucking stupid shit. So I can't you, say anything. You did. You guys did some stuff that was a little crazy. I mean, look at New Jack, for example. I mean, look, look at some of that crazy shit. Vic Grimes. I mean, um, who else wrestled half concussed half the time? You know, Sand Sandman. Man. Yeah, but that's the point, though. I mean, and you got to understand that people would look at ECW and say that's, that's the cool kids. That's what the cool guys are doing. You know, it wasn't cool to, to be in WWF or WCW at that time. It was cool if you were in ECW. You were looked at as a badass, and I think some of these people look at it now. I mean, what what you and I were talking about this uh, with Jerry the other day. Joey Janela sends him uh, a text message, and he's still – you know, commenting about how badass finishes were in ECW. So that impression still lasts with people today. Right. It just does. All right, moving on here. Something else I want to talk to you about and get your opinion on as uh, as we see some just some crazy-ass shit from the days in, in ECW. Oh, knee jack. Oh, my God. Um, the alleged, and I use that word, alleged, Wednesday Night Wars between NXT and AEW. Now, Chris Jericho uh, recently, and I'm sure this is just shtick, and he's just doing it to have some fun. He had mentioned that he thought it was a better idea if uh, both companies were not on the same night. And uh, he, I guess he took it a little bit further and said, you know, we are dominating so much that you're almost embarrassing yourselves by being on the same night that we're on. And once again, this is just all to stir the pot, to get people right. looking, eyeballs. I get it. He's a smart man. But recently, NXT went unopposed on a Tuesday night, and they did very well. When they go head-to-head on Wednesday nights, however, you have a split audience. Therefore, you're not going to have the lion's share. Right. Do you think in some ways NXT should go to a different night? It doesn't matter.
0: If you want to watch both, you're going to watch both. This is true. You watch one live, you watch one on tape. You'll click back and forth to whatever something is better. Right. It, 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 for the ratings, maybe. If they need to get their ratings up, it will be a good idea to move. But if, strictly to move just
1: because, it doesn't fucking matter. That's all ratings. That's all that is. Do you think in some ways, do you think in some ways, regardless of the ratings and regardless of, you know, you hear the demographics and Jericho calls himself the demo god, and I mean, there is some validity to what he's saying. Um WWE would never change a night because that would almost imply that they're waving the proverbial white flag and for a guy like Vince McMahon that probably would never happen would you agree that would almost be like accepting defeat if, if, if the
0: USA Network is not happy with numbers he's going to move
1: so you think they definitely that's, can press his, his arm oh, yeah yeah. But yeah no doubt interesting
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just it's just very interesting when you look at things and you think of, you know, I I think it was a wrestling observer that recently made a comment that if NXT were to based upon what they have done on nights they've gone unopposed on a Tuesday, awesome numbers, they're in the top ten for that night on television. Right. Mm-hmm. When they go to when they go Wednesday nights competing against AEW, they're out of the top fifty completely. So from a perspective of just that. Wouldn't you want to be in the top 10? Wouldn't you want to switch to a different night? But I think at the end of the day, moving to another night might not be as easy as you think because they've got programming on that night as well.
0: I don't, I don't think anything, USA doesn't have anything original, I don't think.
1: So you think they wouldn't have a problem if, if WWE asked?
0: Yeah, I don't know what they have. Right. I don't watch USA for anything. I don't even know what's on that fucking, except the fucking the Grizzlies. Grizzlies. <laughs> Where the fuck they are? I don't
1: even know if I, I I used to watch La Femme Nikita, and uh, I I know that's that's very much aging me. I thought that was edgy and and kind of risque back in the day, but uh, not so much anymore. Yeah, so, like
0: so I don't even know what they have.
1: Yeah, I don't know what they have. I, I know they have reality shows and and whatnot. I think they have the um. There's like a a water park show that the Miz does with with. A co-host. I'm not even sure who the co-host is, but it's real goofy. Um, whatever. I know that's on there as well, but so be it. Hold on. Let's, let's look at the network schedule for USA. Okay. Is Walker Texas Ranger still on there? Tuesday.
0: <laughs> he might be. Oh, they're moving already. This week already. What's this
1: week? Tuesday 9-8 at 8 p.m. is NXT. So they moved already. Well, I think that they're they're being preempted in a couple of weeks. Well, let's put it it this way. Yeah. From 9
0: a.m. until 7 p.m., it's Law & Order SVU. Then at 8 p.m., it's WWE NXT. At 10 o'clock, it's a movie, American
1: Sniper. So they got Jack Squat. Yeah, they don't have a whole lot. They don't have a whole lot.
0: What's on Wednesday? What are they what do they
1: got here? Walker, Texas Ranger, Lafemme Nikita.
0: Oh, there's the fucking Grizzly. The Grizzly knows best. They're on for fucking three hours. <laughs> wow. It's from 9 a.m. until 7 PM is NCIS. Then at eight o'clock, they have the hockey game from eight to eight to eleven. And then eleven is the Grizzlies. They have nothing else on. Wow, it's all syndi- It's all fucking rerun syndicated shit.
1: Sad, sad, but true, my friend. Well, Jesus Christ, on went on Thursday. Jesus Christ is on the USA Network now. He is
0: <laughs> from nine a.m. until eleven p.m. It's Law and Order SVU. So they have nothing else to have on.
1: So they might as well yeah. move NXT. Why split the pot? God, that's so sad because they're turning into like what Destination America. They're they are literally turning into America. If I have to see Homes on Homes or Homes Inspection <laughs> one more time, I've seen every- <laughs> thirty six times. Oh God! Wow, interesting, 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 interesting. I never asked you this question when it comes to WWE program. What do you think about the Thunderdome? Are you are you digging that? Compared to the performance center? Yes. Right. But, I mean, do you think overall the oh, concept of, of having...
0: I, I think it's a great concept. Okay. It's a whole lot better than seeing nothing.
1: Right. Now, you do know that they have, some, have had some issues because yeah. people have been putting some stuff up on their laptop of things they shouldn't be or there's been yeah. isu- images of uh, some inappropriate content. But, once again, I guess you're going to have that with any, anything.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, they have the delay. So hopefully they can, hopefully work on um, filtering some of that out. Nice. But it's it's a whole lot better than looking at the performance center and the fucking hockey boards. Right. <laughs> hockey. You hate that so much. Uh, and oh even AEW, God. like I pro
1: wrestling with no fans. Right. The fucking worst. It is the shit. Well, AEW is bringing back a limited part- amount of people with audiences, and they they have, which it's is good. Well- mm-hmm. With the pods, you can buy a pod if you wear your mask. And uh, it's funny whenever I hear the word pod. You know what I think of? I think of that that um, you
0: think of raw material. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I think of that storage company. Isn't there like a storage company that says you can like
0: yeah, ye- you can pick your shit and just leave it outside your house? And yes.
1: Yes. How, what the? What is the point of that? That is ridiculous. It's like I'm going to move my shit from one place to another place, but put it in a big white box. Uh, whatever. I think if you have if you're
0: moving and you have time to move, right? Or say you have like someone who died,
1: okay. And you have all their fucking shit, right?
0: You just want you have, you have to get out of the house or whatever or the apartment. Load up in this fucking pod, them take it away, and then whenever you feel like dealing
1: with it, you can get it. So because there of- is there is okay. I I can see that. Um, want to go ahead and, and kind of segue into something else here. So I sent you a text message the other morning when I was having my coffee. Um, and I've been watching this, and this has been kind of interesting to me, and I wanted to get your opinion on this because we didn't really get a chance to talk about this very much during our conversation. But currently, the people that you know, that you are in contact with on a regular basis in wrestling, who do you yeah. think are, are th- some of the best trainers that are out there right now training people? Oh, God. Like, is there anybody that comes to mind that's in a lot of names that come out? Are, are like um, Fit Finley is, is definitely one of the guys that's working that a lot of people have respect for.
0: Yeah, Fit is good. The Monster Factory is good. Um, there is I'm trying to think who else. I'm drawing a blank. But There's a bunch out there that are decent. There are a lot that are
1: not decent. This is true. We've talked about that.
0: Yeah.
1: There's a lot out there who are just basically fleecing people for their money. They themselves have not had the experience and the credentials to do it. But And I'm not by any means endorsing anything on this. I'm just saying I find this to be very interesting. Um, There is a pro wrestling school that is out in California. And it's called... Centino Brothers, exactly, and, and I found it to be interesting because I love YouTube, much like Mikey, and you yeah. can go down the rabbit hole on just about any topic. Oh, you can. And it's, it's so interesting, but I went there, and I saw a guy, and I was listening to him, and he's very passionate. His name is Joey Chaos, or Joey Chaos oh. Munoz. Are you familiar with Mr. Joey Chaos?
0: Uh, I don't think I've met him, but I've, I've seen him, and I've heard of him.
1: Because he's he makes – he makes a lot of ECW references, and um, so I'm assuming at some point in time he did spend uh, some time in the promotion. Now, the reason why you're probably wondering, well, what the hell's the point of all this? Goddamn, kid's exposing the business. The, the point is I was having my coffee, and I texted Mikey. I believe it was Saturday morning, and I started watching some of the videos that Joey Chaos was posting. And what right. he was posting is how to correctly do certain things how to do a drop-down, how to do a leapfrog, how to throw a working punch, and how to get in and out of the ring. And So I liked watching that. Now, was it exposing the industry? Absolutely it was, but I think he was – But that's my point, though, exactly. What hasn't already? But I wanted to get Mikey's opinion on – I think I sent you a text. I said, does this – like, watch this clip. It's like three minutes. Mm -hmm. Do you think this is is accurate depicting it the way you would, would teach it? And I believe there was a clip that you said, yes, that is correct. Um, how do you, how do you pick a school then? How do you, if you are somebody who says, you know, I'm going to go become a wrestler, how you do gotta, you to You know? got to do
0: your research. You got to do your
1: research. Okay.
0: You have to see, okay. First, who is the trainer? Okay. That's the first thing you do. Right. The second thing you do is, okay, how long is the school of business and how, who have they
1: graduated.
0: put out? Who, who's right. graduated from this school? Okay. And if you can't answer, if you've never heard of the guy who's trained, who's training the people, and you can't, you don't recognize anybody who's come from the school. Right. I wouldn't go there.
1: Understandable. I respect that. Just out of my experience of seeing
0: so much shit out there and so many people trained poorly. Um, you know and there's not to the say. there might be somebody I've never heard of somewhere in in Arkansas, right right who may be fucking phenomenal right He may have trained many guys who also have never gone anywhere, but they're great workers. Now I'm not saying that's not the case. Mm-hmm. but nine times out of ten, you really got to do your homework and make sure that where you're gonna go is reputable and they've had some success in training people.
1: So where would you even start? Do you just Google it and just try to answer those five simple questions you said before? How long have they been in business? Who are the trainers? Who have they graduated? What kind of uh, reviews do they have from people? And what is their credibility? Right. So
0: I mean you have to because there, there's just unfortunately there this is not regulated. It's not like there's a college, it would have to get you know accredited and everything else. Right. This is oh, I'm gonna open up a fucking wrestling school. Great. I've been training three months and I'm opening up a wrestling school. Wonderful. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't know any better. They see a wrestling ring. They go, ooh, this is great. And, you know, they don't know what's right and not right. You know, so unfortunately people don't know. So you have to do your homework. You know what I mean? And make sure that you're, you know, doing the right thing. Not, not. Don't be afraid to reach out to other people right you know if, if you if you have any access to anybody on social media hey i'm just thinking about going to this school have you heard of them you know what i mean just put it out there on twitter see if anybody says anything i mean I, if i see it on twitter i'll chime in you know or people ask me in general yeah you, you know do they recommend anywhere of course i'm going to recommend you know monster factory fit finley santino brothers out in california the Dudleys have a school. Lance Storm had a school at one point. Yes. You know, so it's, it's there's places to go. It's just how far do you want to travel? Right.
1: And I believe there's been rumblings that Dustin Rhodes may do one. Um, I've, I've heard some of that, Dustin Rhodes. And, um, oh, my God, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, QT Marshall. So that may be something else. But I think Dustin is, is somebody who, once again, has a lot of – credibility having, right. A, hey, hey, right. Uh, hey, here's your trader, Dustin Rhodes, AKA gold dust. Okay. I'm sold. Done. Over.
0: What more do I need? Nothing. You know? So it's, you just gotta be careful because you can get fucking screwed over very easily. I believe it. And I've seen it countless times. I would do seminars and I'm just like, Oh my God. Like, and I feel like I could take the entire seminar just fixing this one person because they have so many bad habits and it's just terrible and it's just I feel bad. You know I'm telling this guy this stuff. I'm sorry, but you've been trained shittily, and w- what you're doing is not good. Right. You know I can handle different. Right. There, there are plenty of people that teach differently than I do. I can handle different. Right. I just cannot handle wrong. And when the stuff is wrong, I need to say something.
1: Well, because wrong equates to dangerous. And it's dangerous. Not, it's dangerous. It's just shitty. Right. You know, okay, train wrestling. Most people, you're not going to get hurt doing
0: chain wrestling. Right. But there's some stuff. I said, well, what in the fuck? How does anybody training with half a brain think that the way you're doing this is correct? And the other thing I can't stand is the, eh, it's good enough. No, no. Either it's right and it looks good or it's not. There's no, eh, hey, it's good enough. No shades of gray. You say, yeah, I mean, hey, it's good enough when your five-year-old is coloring a fucking picture, and he right. can't color in the fucking lines. He's doing the best he can because he's five years old. Right. But if you're an adult and you're trying to make a, a living in a profession, to do something shitty and to be uh, to be allowed to continue to keep doing things shitty because your trainer or the people working with you are not advanced enough or experienced enough to tell you that, hey, eh, that's not very good. That's bad. Yeah. And that's bad for the business. And then when they do get that chance to make the quote unquote first impression somewhere, if they re- and they go and it's the shits, they're
1: well, fucked. Weren't you the one who told me, and Jerry also said this before, that when you guys originally broke into the business, the reason why they were so critical of who they allowed in the business was if someone – gave you an endorsement to go into wrestling training and they fucked up or they didn't take it seriously or for whatever reason did not leave a good impression work ethic. It fell on the person who recommended them and then that would follow them as well. And uh, to uh, To a point, but mostly for that person. Right.
0: You know what I mean? If I had somebody that was going to go I don't know, they're going to go, Jerry has a company, and they're going to go work down to work for Jerry, Mm -hmm. right? And this kid says, oh, Jerry, Mikey trained me. Which was like, oh, fuck, okay, cool. And then he's the shits. What's Jerry going to say? What the fuck is Mikey doing sending me this guy? Right. Or what the fuck? You know what I mean? It's a little bit different now. I mean, there, there are plenty of people that said I've trained them, and maybe I've trained them for maybe a week and then they fucking quit and go somewhere else. Oh, Mikey Whipper trained me. No, I didn't. Now people ask me, I'll come straight out and tell them, so I didn't fucking train him. I trained him for a fucking week. He couldn't handle it, and he left.
1: They so conveniently- yes,
0: maybe, I, maybe, maybe I tried to teach him how to tie up. You know, but that, you get that, too.
1: And they conveniently leave out the parts that involve their level of input or their right, and, attitude.
0: Right, and I've had the opposite experience. Where people that have come to me from somewhere else, and I fucking break them down—not emotionally, well, emotionally sometimes too—I mind fuck people all the time, but I'll break them down uh. and basically, basically correct all their bad habits. Right. And then they'll they'll go somewhere and say, "Oh, Mikey trained me." Right. Well, that person who trained them first will will say, "I fucking trained him." I said, "Motherfucker, if you trained him, you did a shitty fucking ass job," because he came to me broken. So I don't know if you want to fucking say, you can say that you trained him now. That's fine. After the fact, after I fucking fixed him, right? I said, but, you know, but I don't, I don't really give a fuck. I don't really care. You know, I don't care. I, I know who I trained. I know who appreciates it. If those people want to pray, you know, sing my praises, I definitely appreciate it. Um, If people that don't, that's fine too. I don't you know. Like the SATs, for example, I trained them, right? They they went and they did some interviews somewhere. They said they were trained by Mikey Wuerfrock and Mike Awesome. Motherfucker, really? Mike Awesome? Who you may have met once in Japan or, or here and there, but he trained you? Okay. So that goes in the back of my head.
1: Right. Interesting.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, and then you got people like Amazing Red who get trained, who then go ahead and turn around. And they go ahead and train people as well. So,
0: well, Amazing Red does it. The SATs are doing it. Kurt uh, Hawkins is doing it. You know, so it's it, it's nice to know that the people I've trained, and like I said, the ones who appreciate what I've done for them, we we know who they are. You know what I mean? Jay Lethal's now training people. You know, but once I train them, I set them on their way, and that's it. I don't expect anything back. I mean, the occasional message, nice, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, my when my kids were on WrestleMania that one year, and they all sent me messages saying thank you. We, they appreciate it. Without me, they wouldn't have been here. Maybe, maybe the case, maybe not. But that's all I need.
1: You are confident in what you've done, and that's all yeah, there is. That's it. The last, this-
0: the last group of kids I trained fully from top to bottom were – Um, Alex Reynolds and John Silver I think those were the last officially of my kids that I trained from the beginning to end
1: and look where they are they're on national television every week
0: Yeah, they're doing great and again they say thank you
1: and they appreciate it that's awesome and I'm glad to see they're doing so well
0: yeah so it's it's very nice I have a nice list of, of people I've trained that have done well in the wrong
1: way. Um, I'm just going to touch on this briefly before we go on to some uh, listener questions here. But, you know, we, we, we've talked about the the counter. we were
0: keeping this to an hour.
1: We are keeping it to an hour. I'm watching my clock right now. We're How, keeping how, how long are we in? Um, we started at the 35-minute mark, and it's 1.29. We did not. We started at the 35-minute mark. We did.
0: Oh, fuck We did not.
1: We could just go ahead and, Mikey, at this point in time. That's you, it. You, <laughs> Taking it at home. Ta- oh, the screen is now completely on me. He's basically set and out. All right, let's go ahead. Let's all get some
0: user, all those user questions. No, that's it. We let's, have go, time. let's get let's get some listener question.
1: Questions? We have time. Right, Please, folks. we have time. People have. <laughs> I'll do pre I will do this. People are going to send hate mail to me.
0: I don't well, fucks given
1: zero. Terrible. We'll give
0: right. episode of just questions that we'll do tomorrow.
1: Okay, we'll with Jerry. That's fine. Throw some up here. What do we got here? So, question one. This is from the writ. Um, I'm with Mike Unit. Why no MWO merchandise? Or order shirts to sell? Um, we have two questions and this is what they give me. Here's the reason why
0: writ. <laughs> Those shirts were created by Mike Unitt and them.
1: So guess what? It has nothing to do with us. Next. Wow, that went pretty quick. That went pretty quick. Producer, throw up the next one. Uh, this one is from Christopher Butt, my good friend Christopher Butt, who's up in Canada. Why buzz balls this a- was last week? why buzz balls as opposed to mixing your own drinks, favorite kind of booze thoughts on all out recommendations for things to watch on TV. What are sports? Do you guys like to follow? I know Mike Freeland likes the New York jets. I'm trying not to, to hold that against him. Go bills. So let's talk about buzz balls.
0: Holy fuck.
1: I know he got like four questions in there. Jesus. In- now I'm over my quota. Let's talk about buzz balls real quick because we're, we're obviously big fans of their product. Right. So why would you say buzz balls as opposed to Mikey going into your liquor cabinet or your kitchen and mixing your own drinks?
0: Because I'm fucking lazy. Because
1: he's fucking lazy, guys. There's different your there's fucking, your answer. I a
0: bunch of different fucking flavors. Go into your refrigerator, pick one, pop the top, drink that motherfucker.
1: There you go. There it is. Why why mess around with going in and purchasing other things and having to play chemist in your kitchen and try to get the perfect balance and.
0: I'll, every now and then I'll do a sweet tea vodka and lemonade. I will mix that on my own, but like,
1: wait a minute. So vodka. so so an iced tea and a lemonade is known as an Arnold Palmer, and then you said you'd do some vodka, which is the hard stuff. Sweet so you're drinking. So you're drinking a hard Arnold. <laughs> Arnold Palmer. It, it, it's it's tea vodka. It's sweet tea
0: vodka. Oh, it's sweet how, tea I vodka. Mean, fireflies are kind of normally good.
1: Oh, okay. Wasn't aware.
0: Half that, half lemonade, son of a bitch, you got yourself a party.
1: What do you like to watch on TV, Mikey? I know you uh, You and primetime Jerry have wrestling. primetime wrestling on the WWE Network. Uh, I don't really. You're into that 90-day fiancé horse shit.
0: No, fuck that. I watched that a couple of times. I, I tried to get into it because Jerry's into it, but I, I fucks give it on that one zero. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. But I don't really watch shows on television. Okay. I do. I lie. I like the Chicago shows, Chicago Med, PD, and Chicago Fire. I like okay. those. Right. There's a new one that just came out last week. It's called Transplant. Okay. Where's this Middle Eastern guy who was in a, a restaurant uh, when a driver drove through the fucking window. And he saved everybody. did these really, like, almost advanced medical techniques. Um, and, yeah. So, basically, he was trying to become a doctor in whatever country he's fucking from. And he applied to be a doctor here, but they told him no. And one of the guys he saved at the restaurant was the head of neurosurgery or something at this hospital, and he saved him. So transplant. And then documentaries I watch. Nice. I have still not watched Class Action Park. I'm going to do that
1: Either time tomorrow. Neither have I, by the way. Just' gonna, well,
0: it's too cheap to get
1: it. Next. just gonna leave that out there I, I do want to share really quick what I like to watch um, I'm a big Amazon prime guy so I like to watch shows like um, all the ghost shows I like to get into like Paranormal Hospital or uh, I think it's called like Paranormal 911 there's a new one out called lore LORE you need to check that out as well I definitely recommend that one all right moving on Greg Brown Metallica. Greg Brown, your family member. If Kenny Omega would have entered in every single Royal Rumble, how many would he have? He won all. Uh, of them. Uh, Yeah, every ex- one. exactly. That has that even a question? I mean, my God, every single one. You want the real answer? How many? None. Oh, don't give me that garbage. None. He would have won. OK, right now. How many how many Royal Rumbles have we had? first one was in 89? No. 88? I believe it was
0: 87
1: Mm.
0: on the USA Network.
1: Mm. I know the first person to win the Royal Rumble ever was Hacksaw Jim Duggan.
0: On the USA Network.
1: Well, I don't know what.
0: I think it was in 87.
1: Okay. Maybe not. Either way, Kenny would have won multiple. Well, we'll put it to you that way. However, many you think, that's up to you. I think many. None. So if we haven't gotten your worst, questions. Worst
0: the Royal Rumble was in the Tokyo Dome. Why why,
1: why? Tokyo Dome's a I big took. I got one at Mike
0: Freeland. Have you ever thought of your own merch logo? What the fuck with these guys in this old merch oh, logo? Hold on. Hold so on. So now you gotta talk to now the rip. And I guess Freeland now you got to talk to them about getting the merch order added to our pro wrestling tea shop that doesn't sell.
1: Would anybody buy? Hey, here's a question. Would anybody buy anything that has anything to do with just me? Be curious, be curious to know if anybody would also a follow-up question, Mikey Wiprick, Uh If you've, if you would have teamed up, or I'm sorry, if you wouldn't have ever teamed up with Chijiri. Who else would have been suitable in the group with you and James Vandenberg?
0: There was talk of doing something with Balls. But that didn't work out so good.
1: So Balls Mahoney would have been a potential replacement for Tajiri. So it would have been you, Balls. and Amazon Prime. What the fuck does that mean? What are you talking about?
0: Well, to check out the guys on Amazon Prime from the producer. He spelled from wrong wonderful what are
1: you even talking about one more question on the bottom of the banner it says there check out the guys on amazon prime aren't you reading oh i didn't even notice that i was focusing on the question oh all right let's go to another one
0: like unit
1: Love me some Mike Newt unit. By the way, check out the Mike World Order. Awesome dude. This is from Christopher Martin. If Mikey... Oh, okay. Maybe not. <laughs> Were we going to Christopher Martin? Not Christopher Martin. Here we go. Back to Christopher Martin on the screen. If Mikey could create a band of wrestlers, who would they be and what talents slash instruments would they play? Also, who would have been the lead singer? I believe Sandman would have made a, grunt, a great front man. Yeah.
0: Yo. Um, Who you know. got?
1: Who you making in your band?
0: Band of wrestlers. I put Tajiri as my lead singer.
1: Okay, a Japanese man. Speaks very little English. Sounds fantastic.
0: Little Guido frantic on drums.
1: Okay. Little Guido on drums.
0: Um, Tommy Dreamer will be on the, the Triangle.
1: The triangle. Oh, for the love of! Will be on bass. Sabu on bass. Okay. (laughs) Uh,
0: New Jack will be on rhythm guitar. Okay. And uh, Hillbilly Jim would be on lead guitar.
1: What? What? You're throwing all all these crazies from ECW. Then all of a sudden, Hillbilly Jim. Yeah. And you don't have him playing the jug?
0: No, don't go mess with a country boy, a country boy, a country boy. Don't go mess with a country boy. This is what happened to you.
1: Why do I feel like Beardo is like a, a nephew of, of Hillbilly Jim? He just has that look. You know what I mean? Look at that.
0: I Uncle Elmer, cousin Junior, and uh, cousin Beardo.
1: Nice. Look at that. It all makes sense. It all makes sense.
0: All too big Too Choo, Big Too Choo, Big Too Choo.
1: We're going to get to more of your questions, so don't think you are A-B-T-H-A-T-M-E-R-C-H. Oh, grab that merch. Wow, that's really good. This one comes in from Luke Taylor, and he is at Luke Taylor brand. Hey, hey, I can't help it. The producer's putting the questions up. Was Mikey ever offered to go to WWE in the late 90s um, to be a part of the light heavyweight division like Jerry was?
0: No, they only took your brownies.
1: So you're calling Jerry Jabroni? Well,
0: that's because he's not here.
1: I see. Mm-hmm. But no, you even mentioned that you never reached out to them.
0: Nope.
1: Not once. At that, at that point, you were done. Even though you do believe that at that point in time, if you wanted a job, you could have gotten one.
0: I uh, Probably. A couple shots at least.
1: Sure. Yeah. Did, did, did that ever strike you as like, man, I really wish I would have worked for the WWE, even if it was for a short period of time? Just for my own personal, I did it.
0: Nah. I worked on no. raw. I was on my internet raw. Live with you on the USA network between the Grizzlies and the fucking uh oh
1: X-Men. god. Oh god. Guys, we're going to get to more questions, trust me. Don't don't.
0: don't questions, don't worry. Don't feel
1: like done. we are not going to get to your questions. Uh but I do want to let you know before we go ahead and end this show. Uh, if you would like to go on over to Pro Wrestling Tees, we just had a big Labor Day sale, but yeah, you know I what? Know. I wasn't really quite sure what you were doing with that. I thought you were coughing, but then you were obviously making a mockery. And Beardo thinks that you just spit something at him. So. Uh, go, go on over to Pro Wrestling Tees. You can definitely go ahead and still get some merchandise, even though that the sale is over. And I know there's some sales that are actually still going through until noon on Monday. So if they do allow you to use the promotional code, please use it as well. You can also head over to Spreadshirt, which is where we have all of our front row material merchandise. Hats, koozies, trucker hats, sweatshirts, t-shirts, onesies, gym bags, and anything in between. You can go ahead and purchase your stuff there as well. I believe we do have the COVID masks that we've just recently uh, released. Who does that? We do.
0: We have
1: COVID masks. We have COVID masks over at Spreadshirt. And uh, I believe the RIT, my dude, went ahead and got a front row material beanie. And uh, if you want to get a beanie hat or a winter hat, something to that nature, you can get that over at Spreadshirt. You can find the link over on my Twitter profile. If you guys wouldn't mind, go over to iTunes and give us a five-star review. Help us climb those iTunes charts. If you've got a favorite moment, favorite episode, maybe a favorite discussion or conversation that we had on the show, please go ahead and include that in your comments. We love hearing from the listeners. As long as you say nice stuff, please keep all the bad stuff away. If you'd like to follow the guys on social media, you can follow Mikey Whiprek at Mikey Whiprek. Follow Jerry Lynn over at It's Jerry Lynn. Follow the show at FRM Pod. Once again, that's FRM Pod. That's our new home on Twitter. And you can follow me. I'm at Mike Freeland wonderful that's it that's everything that is everything mikey i enjoyed it it was fun anything
0: i would say the pleasure was all yours
1: indeed the pleasure was all mine. don't even give me that shit beardo don't even give me that shit stop it stop it i don't need that trying to host a show here good god Guys, don't forget, our show drops each and every Wednesday morning, 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on all platforms. And then, obviously, Front Row Material comes to you each and every Friday. So, Wednesdays and Fridays. That's going to do it. I am Mike Freeland. On behalf of our producer, Big Diddy Beardo, and Mr. Mikey Whiprack. I will catch you next week on The False Finish.
0: Bye. The rule